Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, October 30th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Ozan. Welcome back to Manager Tools. Hey, are you ready to party? Well, it's getting to that time of year again for much of the world when you're going to be invited to holiday parties. Many of you will choose not to go because you don't love your coworkers or because you can get enough of them at work. Both of those feelings are normal, but the resultant decision just proves that there are good reasons for doing dumb things all the time. You really must go. Mark and I have observed so much behavior at these parties, whether hosted by the boss at her home or by the company or by a friend at the firm, that we've learned that folks apparently don't seem to know what the rules are and careers often come down to small factors, two of the most powerful of which are manners and social graces. So often at work, those are not in evidence, so executives at your firm do pay attention when they have a chance to see them on display, or not on display. Here within, some guidance about handling yourself and your career with grace and dignity during the holiday party circuit. So today we're gonna talk about how to, how much better a schmoozer you are than I am. Yeah, you can just you can just record yourself yak 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 and just just call me when you're done. Chat box. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There, no, we're not going to do that. Um, this is not about schmoozing. Um, there is a whole another cast to be had on how to be a fabulous conversationalist, uh, which is not schmoozing. It's just what um, refined adults know how to do partner. <laughs> oh, such, you're so refined. <laughs> no, really this, you know, it's funny, but as I started thinking about it, I, I kept wanting to talk about conversation because, because people who really do well at parties know how to be good conversationalists. And of course, as we've alluded to in a few casts, um, we're going to get around to releasing our cast about conversational behavior. And it's not hard to be a great conversationalist, but People don't know how, and I'm sure a lot of our technical folks out there will say, please just give me some rules. <laughs> um, but no, th- this cast is just the basic do's and don'ts of the inevitable parties um, one is invited to this time of the year coming up toward the end of the calendar year in much of the world. I know that not all the world has these rounds of parties, but much of the world does. And so uh, as many as much bad behavior as I've seen at them, and I'm sure you've seen at them, we thought we'd give people some guidance to keep them from stepping on their own feet. Hmm. All right. Well, well. Secretly, I was hoping you'd tell us how to smooze, but yeah. But then we've got <laughs> we have to keep it to twenty minutes, and that would be uh, a two-hour cast. <laughs> yeah, at least. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just joking. So, um, you know, we both been we've both been to these parties, yep. and we've seen we we've, we've seen folks commit incredible sins when it comes to this, and we've seen folks that are pretty effective at it. It's interesting enough is when you go to a party and you see somebody who's effective at this. It's really it's actually quite fun to watch. Yeah, some somebody is good. Um, it, it looks effortless, and you know that they're helping their career. Um, and it's just basic stuff. I mean, it literally is. In fact, sometimes I worry that our, our lists are so much of avoiding failure. Um, but in some cases, and I think holiday parties are one of them, avoiding failure um, is the same thing as having success. I remember a, um, a CEO client of mine once said to some of his directs, um, something to the effect of, uh, you know, somebody was saying how good they were doing when in fact the larger story was not so good. And he says, yes, um, 
you're the tallest short person in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be 10 feet tall to be effective. You just have to be taller than all the other idiots who get drunk and do stupid things at these parties. Uh, and, and yeah, let, me, so let me tell you one other thing, Mike. Um, w- when we talk about holiday parties or office parties, the, 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 the natural tendency is to think about um, – you know, corporate sponsored parties. We're really talking about all parties you're going to go to that are related to work in some way. This is not just for the official the official office gathering. Um, now, as I alluded to, we're not going to be talking about how to introduce yourself or how to converse. Those are separate um, casts. Um, I, I have to tell you, every time I start thinking about it, like my skin creeps a little bit. If I meet another person at a client in an airport. Um, at a business meeting, at a function, if I'm nobody or I'm the guest speaker, it doesn't matter. And I stick out my hand and I say, hi, I'm Mark Horseman. And they respond with, hi, nice to meet you. My head is going to explode. <laughs> so I'm very motivated to talk about that, but it takes its own cast. So we're not going to be talking about that in this cast. Yeah, and for those of you who didn't get what was wrong with what Mark just described, you can go listen to one of the earlier podcasts on that topic. Yes, exactly, yeah. Okay, etiquette. Okay, <laughs> etiquette man. What's the uh, what's the recommendation? Got, got a long list, but they're all really short and very very straightforward. Nothing terribly complex. First, yes, you must go. Secondly, it's work, not play. Three, prep as if you'll be chatting with customers or clients. Four, dress up, not down. Five, review your resume in advance. Surprise. Six, leave your spouse at home. Probably another surprise. Seven, no rules. If your spouse does come, no rules to your spouse. Eat first. One drink only. One plate of food, no returns. Uh, People are going to hate me again. No dancing unless with your spouse. No touching beyond handshakes and hugs. And when you leave, please thank the host. So... Let's go over each of those in a little bit more detail. So, so you, okay. So these aren't optional. I mean, all these parties they send out notes. It's optional, right? So, yeah, it's optional. That's no, optional oh, of course it's optional. If, if, if it wasn't optional, they'd be doing it during work hours. Um, there are rules about that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Um, uh, look, if it's the company party, it's simply rude not to go. Now, you you cannot go. People commit rudeness. Uh, commit rude behavior all the time, but it is nonetheless rude not to go to the the official company Christmas party or holiday party um, or, or or other seasonal event. Um, look, it, it goes beyond that, though. We're not just talking about whether it's rude, although I think uh, manners are something that we've alluded to many times and had casts about, and I think you'll you'll hear more and more about them. They're a, they're a competitive advantage in the workplace and, and almost everywhere we go. But look, there'll be people there with whom it would behoove you to strengthen your relationship. To simply not go because you don't want to is to imply that your career is not all that important to you. Look, look, imagine this scenario, Mike, which, I mean, this comes right out of about three years ago when I was working with three or four different clients at the same time. I was swamped and I was invited to a Christmas party and I was so glad that I did to observe this and then later to observe the, the, the second half or the, you know, the rest of the story, so to speak. You and a coworker are, dis- are, are being discussed at a January or February succession planning meeting. 
I mean, hopefully, hopefully right now, everyone who's listening recognizes that these parties we're talking about at the end of the calendar year in many parts of the world happen before annual reviews and succession planning updates, right? I mean, let's be clear about that. Imagine the conversation is something like, okay, I know Terry. She's really sharp. I chatted with her at the party. She said she just read that new lean manufacturing book and she recommended it. Um, and then now tell me again who Bob is. Look, if, if you're Bob, if you're Bob, you're if you're Bob, you're toast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and it was a three minute conversation that Terry had with a VP or an EVP or a director or something like that. Yeah, you go. Um, oh, sure. If, if you if you're a single mom or a single dad and you can't arrange babysitting, yes, of course we understand that. Um, and, and and there's going to be no pressure put on you. Um, although if you have a month's notice, generally we assume if you're a reasonably effective professional, you can figure out how to do that. There are obviously exceptions and no one's, no one's going to be ingracious of you, but if there's any hint at all that you just don't want to go, um, and, and you're tired of your coworkers, uh, seeing them as much as you do anyway, um, people are going to notice that and people are going to concede, going to see that in a way that doesn't shed, doesn't put you in a favorable light. Okay, so so it, it's almost as if you're treating this as work, not play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the, the, the rule number two, you're right. Uh, this is not a chance to let your hair down. Um, if it's a company party or if company coworkers are going to be there, okay, yes, there are exceptions. Uh, the company rugby team get together, fine. Yeah, there's going to be beer drinking. There's going to be singing of songs. And there's going to be lewdness, I'm sure. Um that's not what we're talking about here. But but um, th this really highlights, in a way, part of the broad set of skills that make up professional life. It is not enough to write code, to lead projects, to know how to market something creatively, to draw advertise, to write advertising copy. That is not enough unless you want to stay in the job that they're paying you for that skill now. Okay, this it's moments like this that executives see whether or not they can let you host a customer VP or a president. The conversations among executives about the soft skills, not just leadership and management, but interpersonal and social and etiquette wise, uh, the kind of conversations happen all the time. You and your social skills are absolutely discussed by senior people in your organization, period. This is work. And you should see it as such. And yeah, you're going to have more fun than you would in, a, in an all-day meeting that runs until 2 in the morning where nothing, all you're doing is, is vetting slides for some big corporate strategic or operational presentation. So it's going to be fun, but it's still work. Yeah, it's interesting. I had um, experience when I'd just gotten out of the, the Army and went to work for a you know, big Fortune 10 company here in the United States. And uh, you know, I was, it was an entry-level position. I mean, I was a little older than my peers, you know, by right, about sure. seven years, but it was an entry-level position. And shortly, uh, probably, I guess I'd been in the job maybe four months, and it was around Christmas time, and we had our holiday party. And so we're at this, so it, this, you can, this, this company is kind of a little older, staid kind of company, oil company. Um, and so it was a little formal. But in any case, we're at this, this, this party, and I'm sitting there with a, a peer of mine, and I Looked over and there was John, who's the the big VP at the time, and uh, I said, "Hey, Mike, his name is Mike as well. Hey, Mike, let's go talk. Let's go talk to John." And he he, he looked at me like I had two heads. I mean, really, he says, "What what are you gonna what are you gonna say?" I said, "Oh, I absolutely know what I'm gonna say. I have I have a whole pitch." 
in my mind is what and so we ended up having this conversation about that the fact that i actually had thought about ahead of time what i was going to say to each of the senior managers and execs if i had an opportunity to meet with them and again he thought i had two heads on my yeah on my shoulders he, he thought it was a party we're supposed to you know have fun and drink uh, you know it's just fun. I bet you when you said you had already thought in advance about who you might see and what you might say to them, I bet you there are a thousand people, if not 10,000 people who are listening to this over the course of the next few weeks that are just shaking their heads, stunned. Right, right. They think I have two heads. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but one, at least one of those heads is getting promoted before they are. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sure some people have all sorts of, you know, Adjectives they want to they want to associate with that particular action, but uh, the, the 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 funny thing was the f- the fact of the matter was that conversation I had with that VP that night um, I was still working on the project or the initiative that I had suggested to him that night two years later it turned out to be an absolutely huge opportunity for me and in the end I had an incredibly good relationship with um, that VP. And it absolutely had an impact on my career, without a doubt, without a yep. doubt. Yep, yep. And it was, it was a five-minute conversation. Right, exactly, yeah. Both of your heads. Both yeah. of your heads, right. Um, both of your heads went across the finish line before all the other folks did. <laughs> okay, so good. Uh, it is work. Absolutely right. Number three, prep as if you'll be chatting with customers or clients. You just, you just of course, gave a beautiful recommendation for work prep. Um, and then the same way, there's a little bit more broad preparation that needs to be done. Look, if you're going to work dinner with clients, hopefully you're going to refresh your memory about world events, the news in the Wall Street Journal or in Financial Times or The Economist, the world of sports and entertainment, popular culture. Uh, they don't call it popular culture for nothing. If you see something related to popular, yes, unfortunately, sometimes today that means vulgar, but it also means a lot of people know about it, and it's what many, many people talk about in polite chit-chat and conversation. Um, you want to prepare for that stuff because you want to be able to prove that you're a well-rounded person. You know, what's funny is some people try to impress other people by saying, I don't know anything about it, about that. It's actually inappropriate to say you don't watch TV or movies or read unless you were so gifted a conversationalist that you could avoid sharing your thoughts on them and yet have the other person not know that you didn't, uh, you didn't know anything about them. If you don't know anything about those, the issue isn't so much that as you know that others do and you are unprepared to talk to them about things they know about. Um, it, it is it is polite to understand what's going on in the world. So when someone else brings it up, you can be a good conversational partner to them. The fact that you don't do that in your spare time means that you, you don't have to study it for yourself. But to engage in pleasant conversation with other people, you need to know about these kinds of things. And this relates to an interviewing tip we have, which is you're going to have chit-chat um, before your interviews. And so you need to know what's in the journal. There's a saying among financial people that if it wasn't reported in the journal, it didn't happen. Uh, certainly true in the United States. Um, so you need to prepare. Uh, if you already do this stuff normally, that's great. And to some degree, watching the Today Show and then seeing five minutes of headline news is probably not enough. Okay. Now, given that, given that this is uh, work, not play, I imagine you have some recommendations in terms of 
dress code. Yeah, funnily enough, education. everybody talks about, oh, it's a, it's a holiday time, we're going to relax, everybody take it easy. And that word relax, that word fun, the word enjoyment or frivolity or holiday cheer or whatever causes people to lower their guard rather than raising it. Um, but so the, the, the recommendation is to dress up and not down. Um, yeah, there, there are exceptions, but it's rare, much less than people think. And, and the, the danger, of course, is here's what happens. You discover that a lot of your coworkers are getting together. It's actually a coworker party. Maybe all of the people who report to your boss and, and one of her peers. So there's like 15 of you getting together. Maybe spouses and families are coming, maybe not, and it's at somebody's home. And it's going to be a tight fit, but, but you think, ah, these are just all our friends. We were involved in a big project last year. We kind of got to know each other. It turned out good. And then you discover that um, somebody's boss's boss's boss heard about the party and said, you know, I'd love to come to that thing and just say thank you guys again for that. Two or three of the people at this, this, on this list I'm seeing on your desk, whoever's hosting the thing, you know, they're people I would love to spend a few minutes with. Would you mind if I dropped in? And of course, your peer says, no, absolutely. Come on. We'd love to have you. Have some eggnog or, you know, enjoy the, the, the holiday drink of wherever it is you, you are in the world. And, and um and suddenly you're there and you didn't change clothes and you wear khakis to work. And so your khakis look like crap. Pardon me. Um, when you put them on, they look nice. Ho hopefully you press them. But, he, but, but by five o'clock, they look awful. And by eight o'clock, if you spilled salsa on them, they look truly awful. And you've got shoes that you haven't shined and maybe your socks are sagging a little bit and your shirt is it was pressed, hopefully, but is no longer. And suddenly you're talking to a vice president. And you look like you're surprised to be talking to a vice president. And one of the rules of management is let's not try to be surprised in front of a vice president. <laughs> um, so, so the recommendation here is wear what would you would wear to a client dinner. And if you remember, when we talked about meal etiquette, we talked specifically about stepping it up including going home if you need to between uh, sometimes parties or right after work so people can go directly to the party. Well, if you need to step into the ladies' room or the men's room to change or you need to go home, see, figure out how to do that. So slightly nicer than you would normally wear to work. Or the other analogy I have or the other suggestion that I have is to think about it as presenting to the leadership of your firm because in many cases, you will be presenting to the leadership of your firm, perhaps with a drink in your hand or with a with a, a, a tray of uh, a, a tray of uh, canapes or something like that. But you, you will be talking to somebody senior, perhaps. And ladies, ladies, no cleavage and no spaghetti straps. So you know that may very well be a step up from your normal work attire. Um, but again, this is a workplace. Good. Now, the ne the next the next uh, point on the list of review your resume in advance. Um, um, you're, you're suggesting that you walk in with a, a copy of your resume <laughs> folded in your shirt yeah, pocket, yeah. ready to hand it out to someone? Oh, no, even better. Wear khakis and fold, it, fold your resume in fourths and stuff it uh, between your, uh, your khakis and your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, wanted a, you wanted the resume pressed, Yes, right? right. We want it pressed, absolutely. Um, Look, uh, you review your resume in advance. You, you, please, dear me, don't, don't, don't bring it to the party. Absolutely not. The reason you bring it in advance, you, you prepare it in advance, is you may meet somebody from another firm or from your own firm, a manager or a director in a different department, or whatever, and they'd say, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see your resume, and and then you don't, pan you don't spend the next five minutes of that conversation panicking about the fact that you haven't looked at your resume in months and you haven't followed manager tools recommendation for quarterly updates and you have to find the darn thing and so on. So prepping it is a really, really good idea. And, 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 
The problem with resumes is when people are asked for them, they're not ready, they look through them with a cursory glance, there are errors, and that is the kiss of death. You're going to need to be able to get them a copy quickly. You don't want to rush your proofreading. You want it to be up to date. And you certainly don't want to be doing your resume on a Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning when you spent until 1 o'clock in the morning at a party the night before. So don't bring it to the party, but you need to have it prepared in advance. And look, based on the time of year it is, when we're releasing this cast, my recommendation is everybody should be doing it about now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, let, you know, your next one here is, is uh, you know, this, this is crazy. Look, at the, the one time a year I get to take my wife out is to the company party. So leaving my spouse at home is just, it's just not good. I mean, <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> you know, it does surprise people. Um, the fact is, though, Mike, the vast majority of managers that I know do a terrible job of keeping their spouse informed about work and coworkers. And this puts your spouse at an enormous disadvantage at these parties. And, and I have to tell you something else. I was about to talk about the rank of your spouse, but, but I have to tell you something. When I meet people's spouses um, and, and my connection to this, this person is through work, uh, I am amazed at the, the, the extent to which spouses are given second-class status. They're introduced as a formality, um, but, but the person whom I know uh, does not attempt to allow the spouse to take the lead. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. Uh, well, I, I think I do, and I don't mean to upset anybody, but I think it's because um, the spouse isn't as important in that environment. But the fact is, in the big scheme of things, your spouse is more important than everything that happens at work. You, your spouse outranks everyone that you deal with at work, including the CEO. And yet, here you're bringing your spouse to a party, and you're giving him or her a list of things to talk about or things to avoid or not to mention, whom to remember. If they have their own career, uh, their own profession, it's hard enough to keep their, their stuff straight in the evening when they're relaxing. And now you're telling them a bunch of stuff. Oh, do you remember that I told you Bob is thinking about a promotion, but you can't say that to anybody? Um, it, it makes no sense at all. Um, it is, um, it's rude to your spouse. And, and what you're doing is saying, I want you to avoid making a big mistake and embarrassing me. Well, it's also, I don't mean this in, in, a, in a negative way, but it's also constraining in the sense of, look, if you're out with your spouse, you're right. He or she is the most important thing in your life, and you ought to be paying attention to him or her. Um, but if you're at a party, company party, and you engage in a conversation with the VP that's going to take longer, it, it becomes more than just idle chit-chat. You actually start to have some meaningful conversation that might be advantageous to you at work. What are you going to do with your spouse? Yes. You're going you're gonna to tell them, hey, would you mind just go sitting over there for the next 30 minutes while I have this conversation? No, you're not going to do that. So, so it is a little bit constraining and unfair to your, your spouse if those situations which you'd hope would happen um, in fact, it yeah, I, I also think that a lot of people think, well, it's a workplace. And so my spouse should be sort of second, secondhand. And yet, in fact, in, in a in a social gathering that is still hypothetically that is still ultimately about work and about your professional life. Um, 
staying close to your spouse and essentially being respectful of them and the fact that they're out of their element, even if they have another career. And so they're comfortable working with their own, with, with uh, they feel like they're dealing with peers and often stay-at-home spouses don't feel that way, depending upon the situation. Um, I, I think it's a matter, um, the vast majority of people will see that as a very classy, very, very respectful thing for you to do. Now, one more thing. If in fact your spouse does come, that's lovely. It's great. Um, but dear me, don't, don't you dare go giving them a bunch of instructions. Yeah, okay, sure, one drink rule, eat light, those things apply, but nothing more. I mean, nothing. If you feel you need to give lots of instructions, allow them the good luck of missing out on the party. Uh, you, to put your spouse, to give your spouse a series of instructions like a, like a laundry list is just setting you up for spending time worrying about what he or she might be saying. Uh, that's not that's not the way to to have your spouse meet people or for you to be trying to bifurcate your time between your career and your spouse and so on. So simple right. stuff. And, and you know, of course, there's you know eighty twenty rules. There are some circumstances sure. that having the spouse is almost required to, to have. There are there are certain occasions where it, that happens, but it's it's the exception, not the rule. Yes, I'm, I'm sure we'll get. Lots of feedback on this. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I can think of one client that I know hundreds, if not thousands, of managers at that say, "Well, actually, in our company, it's, it's you know, if your spouse doesn't come to two or three of the parties we have throughout the year, you get talked to by a VP." Okay, you know that's why we have the rule about no rules to your spouse if, in fact, he or she comes. We're not saying it's hard and fast, but if you're wondering, l- let them stay at home and, and and give them a treat. They'll probably consider it a treat. <laughs> um, next rule: eat yeah. first. Please, before, before oh, then, you go. Now you're just going too far, man. The whole purpose of these parties is to get free food. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you know something, though? I mean, I'm not much of a food. There are three things I hate to do. I hate to eat, I hate to sleep, and I hate to drive. And the idea of eating bad food is <laughs> even less interesting than eating food at all. Um, so before you go, eat a meal. I mean a meal, even if it's at 5 o'clock. If you get handed a drink when you walk into a party and you haven't eaten, that drink may be the thing that makes you forget that that ought to be your only drink. Plus, eating first will damp your appetite so you're not embarrassing yourself by eating too much of these really, really interesting uh, egg rolls or whatever the case might be. Um, The person whose plate is always full will raise at least one eyebrow of people who are paying attention to others at a party like this. So eat first. It's smart from a from an appetite perspective. It's uh, smart from a from a drinking perspective. Um, and it's smart in terms of allowing you to focus. And I've seen a lot of people that always end up with a drink in their hand and then they have a plate of food in their hand and then they can't shake hands. Or worse, right. they take their hand right off an egg roll and then they put their hand into mine. <laughs> I'm like, no thank you. I don't want your grease. Um, okay, well. So. Well, okay, so eat, so, you know, Eating beforehand and not eating all the, you know, you gotta admit the the food's not all that great usually. Right. These kind of things, so that's not so bad. But and the fact is, if you eat first, you can drink a lot more alcohol. <laughs> so there is a benefit. I love you, partner. No, no. Do we need to even talk about this one? One drink only. Look, I, I'm six four. I weigh two hundred twenty five pounds. I'm having one drink, and I will be crisp in my conversations with you. If you are not, I will notice. It's silly. Now, look, you can't assume I don't like to have alcohol, whether it's a frozen margarita with no salt 
or a painkiller or Havana Club, the real one, not the one being sold in the States. But if you drink here more than a drink, or maybe I'll give you give you the benefit of the doubt, more than two drinks at an at a office party, I assume you do it a lot, or you don't mind being on less than your very best behavior, crisp and professional, with other people who you know are evaluating you, and that might include your peers. One drink only. And look, if you end up have if you have three drinks and then you leave the party in half an hour because it breaks up or because something happens, now you're drunk. Who's driving you home? Your spouse. Oops. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Oh, well, now there's a reason why the spouse rule. Yeah, <laughs> we should just we should just strike it. I love it. And, and related, just just continuing along this uh, the, the the concept of food and drink, Mike. One plate of food. Um, you know, gluttony is gluttony, and as I said, the food probably isn't any good anyway. Yes, if it's a dinner party, sure you get to eat. You can scrape your entire plate clean, fine. Um, but one plate of food is all you need. If you're terribly hungry and you didn't eat before, have one small plate of food, that's it, and then go, go, go somewhere and eat on your way home or go home and have a late night snack and regale your spouse with stories of people with five drinks and lampshades on their heads or people saying silly things to vice presidents or the vice president named Bob being called John by the same guy over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can't eat, we can't drink. Now you're saying we can't we can't dance nope. either. Well, that, that, you know, <laughs> I, I am saying you can't dance, but that has nothing to do whether or not I <laughs> no, recommend you do so at a party. <laughs> yes, that, this this rule is not hard for me. I, yeah. I, I try not to do those things in yes. public. Um, at least around work. Look, you don't dance unless it's with your spouse, and, and and so guess what? If your spouse is at home, you will not be dancing. Um. It's awkward and it's silly, and dancing with someone other than your spouse is the start of more stories about party stupidity than almost anything else other than alcohol, and oftentimes they're related anyway. Um, if your spouse is at home and you dance with someone else, including the boss who says, oh, I'm dancing with everybody as a, just to make it festive, you are galactically stupid. Feign, feign injury, whatever. Do not dance. It's a war wound. Yes, that's like, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then, so that that's uh, the the next one is obviously a corollary. Corollary, which I think is the word. yes, it is. When next, pronounced correctly, the next one is a cor- <laughs> The next one is a corollary to that rule, which is um, no touching beyond handshakes and yeah, hugs. particularly on the dance floor. Exactly right. Um, yeah, the hugs thing's a little. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's for some reason at a social gathering that's work-related, people still think, oh, suddenly now hugs are okay rather than just handshakes. Actually not. It's probably best just to stop at handshakes. Okay, technically hugs can be appropriate um, between old friends or, you know, you're just a little bit of holiday cheer. That's fine. Um, it's not wrong to, to offer a hug to somebody. I, I will tell you, though, manager tools um, – Managers, my recommendation to you is to be to politely accept the hug if someone offers it to you and to avoid getting in any situation you regret. Simply do not hug anyone. Do not initiate a hug. If someone moves as if to hug you, certainly don't shy away as if they have tuberculosis. Um, but do not initiate hugs. Simply hold out your hand. Uh, and something. How, how about that? How about um? How about air kisses? Oh my mm-hmm. God! This is truly one of You're the most touching. vulgar things. It's a popular thing now. It's kissy, kissy, and so on. 
that is not terribly americans seem to think somehow it's continental it, it is not at all in america you certainly wouldn't do that and there are many places overseas you wouldn't do it either i, I see a lot of young people doing it today um it, it's it's one of the most egregiously unprofessional things one can do it's a bit like kissing a lady's hand i mean american men still first of all american men do not kiss ladies hands um secondly um one of the things that american men don't know and I, i'm making an international comment here as a way of of, of uh, trying to diffuse a little bit of the ugly american thing but apparently american men don't know american gentlemen do not kiss the hands of foreign ladies unless they're married I, the idea of kissing some lady's hand as a matter as a way of being polite or something is just plain wrong. Um, so we we just don't do that. Um, if two old friends run into each other at a party, fine, hug, but please no air kisses. <laughs> Um, this is a place of work. I hate to say it, but it is. Or it may not be a place of work, but it is a professional atmosphere, at least until it devolves, and at which point you should excuse yourself. Um, and the last one, when you leave, thank the host or hostess. I don't know what happened to knowing who your host was and being kind to them in light of the fact that they're going to be up for hours, perhaps, cleaning up from your mess. You know, it could be as simple as thank you for opening your home to us. We had a wonderful time. Thank you for thinking of us. Happy holidays. Um, if it's an office party for which the company is paying, thank the organizer. Thank you for all your hard work. It was wonderful. And, and so many people try to sneak out, and then the organizer says, I'm not doing that again next year. I did a lot of work, and I had to clean up all by myself. If there's a question in your mind about cleanup responsibilities, ask. And if you get less than a categorically no, don't do it, then you should, in fact, in some cases, offer to help clean up. Um, so those are the basics. One more time just to run through them. Yes, you must go in most cases. It's work, not play. Perhaps that's the biggest one. Prep as if you'll be chatting with customers or clients. We assume you know what that means or you do now. Dress up, not down. It's not relaxed in terms of how you dress. It is relaxed in terms of conviviality. Um, review your resume in advance. You never know. We're not suggesting you're going to get fired. We're just suggesting you never know. Leave your spouse at home or don't burden your spouse with a bunch of rules. Um, eat first, one drink only, and only one plate of food. No returns. No dancing unless you're with your spouse. No touching beyond handshakes and hugs to include dancing. And please thank the host. Pretty basic. That, that will keep you from making a terrible gaffe. And then if you know how to introduce yourself and be a brilliant conversationalist, you will be the standout star of the evening. Yeah, I agree. Pretty simple and pretty effective. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for all the feedback we're going to get. It's going to be great. So yeah, go to the discussion forums and let us know. Yes, absolutely. And we, we, we'd be happy to hear about uh, different cultural uh, uh, things we need to be more sensitive to. Absolutely. We understand that. Cool. All right. Thanks, Martin. As always, thank you much. See you later. All right, that's it. I'm I'm pretty sure in this one we've crossed the line. Now holiday parties aren't even safe from those manager tool guys. Well, let us know what you think on the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com slash forums. We're really looking forward to the feedback on this one. Also, quick note and apology. 
Several of you have had difficulty logging to the forums or members areas since our site upgrade a couple weeks ago. Needless to say, it didn't go as smooth as I would have liked, and I apologize for that. I think we're good to go now, so if you couldn't get in before, and yes, even the lost password function even works now, ugh, please try again. And that's it for now, folks. Until next time, so long. <laughs>